The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me on the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Yes, I'm your host, Vincent Jenna, and I am excited to be here. Let me say that being part of the Unity Online Radio host lineup is so exciting and honoring to me because of all the wonderful luminaries that we have on this this radio program you want to be sure to check out the schedule and see all the different uh speakers and guests that we have on and how exciting is it we just brought on lisa williams one of the most famous mediums is going to be a host on Unity Radio. I think that's spectacular. I'm so excited uh, that she's one and that I'm one of her colleagues. So we've got great show lineup, so definitely keep tuning in. And if you can't tune in live, absolutely go to the the downloads and the podcast because they are worth listening to. And And today's show will definitely be worth listening to because it's all about luck. We've got St. Patrick's Day coming up on Sunday. Oh, hello and Begora. Yes, and it is the luck of the Irish that we have going for us here. And the kissing the Blarney Stone and get yourself a clover, whether it be a three-leaf or a four-leaf. And certainly, if you can grab a leprechaun and hold on to that little devil, you'll get that crock of gold which is at the end of the rainbow. Yes, everything about luck is so wonderful and fun. But is it real? Is it real? You know, some of the concepts that we grasp onto during our lives can be so much fun. And then on the other side of the coin, they can be a little detrimental to our own growth and evolvement. For example, how many people out there truly believe they are either very lucky or unlucky? And actually, on the other side of the hour today, I would love to take calls from those of you, uh, those listeners who have experienced what they consider lucky events in their lives or fortunate events in their lives. And let's do a little psychic read for those who do call in and talk about luck and how to create it even more so and better in your life. But thinking about it, you know, you can walk around thinking you're a very unlucky person. Well, then based on the law of attraction, you actually continue to create misfortune and unlucky circumstances. So if you can create unlucky circumstances, can't you can't you create lucky circumstances then of course with the law of attraction and manifesting the answer to that question is yes so what is luck then what is a person's good fortune well let's take it back from the beginning of 
creation here in this particular physical universe. So everything that I'm referring to today is about the physical universe. Is there luck in the physical universe? Well, the definition of luck in its, on its own is things that happen by chance, right? By randomness. A matter of fact, in research, um, we take statistical significance of the th- items that we're collecting, be it numbers, qualitative or quantitative information, and, and we do a bell curve, and all of those items within a certain range in the middle, um, which is accumulative, and, and most significance because uh, it happened more than not, okay, those are considered the important numbers. And then the ones on the outside take into consideration the concept of chance, that the reason why somebody either answered something the way they did or the result of something came out the way it did is by chance. So even science takes into consideration the concept of chance or, in other words, luck, that something happened by luck. But did it? Did it really happen by luck? This universe, as the law of physics has shown over and over and over again, is in constant order and perfect order. In other words, it did not happen randomly. Even the concept of the Big Bang theory, quantum physicists, are researching and showing that even the Big Bang could not have just happened randomly. Something caused it. And we don't all have the answer as to what caused it. We have theories as to what caused it and the belief in a God force that caused it and a belief in a God that put the power and, and, and the sources and the items there to be able to explode and become the universes that we are today. But it did not happen randomly. And then once the universes and the planets and within the planets, all the things that happen on the planets, take our earth, the plants, the animals, all everything, all the vegetation, all the life did not happen randomly. When you take apart every single species and and creation here there is an order to it the order of the cells the order of the seeds that create the trees and the plants the 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 embryos that turn into adult animals and creatures and beings all of that is in order your own human body is in perfect order. Those cells are working in harmony and they are not randomly floating through our bodies. Um, a matter of fact, any type of disability or illness is when all of that is out of sync and out of harmony and out of order. So illness in itself defines the fact that everything is in order to start with, and it is unnatural to have it out of order, out of a natural um, progression and process. So if everything is in order, then you cannot have anything living in this world that's random. 
such as chance, such as luck. So if you really think about it, and through deduction, and through science, and through intelligence, you can see then that nothing can happen randomly. And of course, in our spiritual world, we always say that everything happens for a reason. Excuse me. Now, that's not to say, again, just like illness, that because humans have the capacity to reason and think, that we don't throw things out of order, right? We do, as, as like I just said, with illness. But we can also create, then, chance. We can create it. We can manifest it. A matter of fact, we did. When we were first on this planet and living, not randomly, but again in certain order, in certain community, and life was beautiful, life was sweet, life was going around, you know, of course, I don't have specific memory of all my past lives, but I'm pretty sure, based on um, evidence and ancient wisdom, that life was pretty simple back in the old days. And we went around um, enjoying what was there. But then we also began to discover the things we could create for ourselves. And one of the things that we created for ourselves, which came up before anything to do with luck, was putting things out of order. And that happened a lot of times during fights and battles amongst ourselves and killing. We saw that we were able to kill animals um, in order to save ourselves or in order to eat. And then we saw that we can kill each other. And so all of a sudden, we created a disharmony on this planet. Killing wasn't just for the reason of living peacefully and harmoniously and feeding our bodies nutrients. It became a, a competition. It became a struggle of, of all sorts, of all sorts, whether it be between uh, tribes and people, um, communities not liking each other for whatever reason. And it usually always started with survival, survival of there was a food amount. And so let's say you had this tribe of people on on one side of the field and another tribe of people on another side of the field, and both of them shot an animal for food, and both are claiming that animal for food. Well, now all of a sudden, because of of, um, disharmony, uh, there may have been a battle that ensued. Instead of splitting the animal in half and and one tribe got half of the animal. And I'm sure that happened in the beginning. And then if it seemed that there were less animals and less food, then for sure power struggles ensued. And that's usually the, the source of all uh, types of competition and conflict is trying to gain power over seeing something that seemed to be lacking. 
there wasn't enough food to go around. So battles may have started. Or that sometimes there were accidental things that occurred. Then as time progressed and we started to gain possessions and enjoy possessions, sometimes we wanted more possessions. So, for example, the ancient Greeks. The beginning history of of ancient Greece was one of battles and trying to get and attain land. And certain sects of of the ancient Greeks were very powerful beings and strong. The, the, the men were powerful. And so the concept and the philosophy of might makes right developed. And that actually means that if you are capable of taking something from your neighbor because you're strong enough to, then you must have the right to do that, that there is a right to that. Fine, I can I can beat up my neighbor and I can take his possessions and maybe his wife or his children so that I can use his slaves. And as long as I can do it, it must mean that it's okay. And that went on for some time, actually, in the battles that went back and forth and it actually happened and famous figures Helen of Troy caused a great battle. Um, So things like that occurred because of that theory. Then all of a sudden Aristotle came along, who was another great philosopher then, and said, you know what? What happens if you're powerful and more powerful than some of the other communities because you're supposed to help the underdog? rather than overtake them and overpower them and take their possessions. Maybe you're supposed to protect them. And so that went around and was like, wow, that sounds really good. And a different philosophy then was was grasped onto. And so now the ancient Greeks, instead of going around and uh, taking over all of the smaller people and villages, they actually protected them against other invaders and outside forces. So they became more popular in that way. But then the theories of battling and fighting were wrong to start with. That's another philosopher came out and said, well, what happens if you're not supposed to be fighting at all? You know, just build your own community and and live life on your own and with what you have. And so they began to accept that concept. However, they still enjoyed the idea of having power and winning over somebody else. So believe it or not, that's exactly when they created the first Olympics. The first Olympics began in ancient Greece. And so instead of going to war and in battle, what they would do is create these games of chance, but games of of skill and strength, okay? Because it was still very important to the men there to prove that they were manly men. As a matter of fact, they wanted to prove they were manly men so much, some of the first Olympics were done naked. Yes, they were. So you'd have a bunch of guys and out there, you know, really built men and guys Um, running around and uh, doing the dash and throwing big giant rocks to see how far they can go and throwing these spears and maybe hurtling over bars or whatever that they set up, all naked. 
I certainly didn't want to do the high jump being naked. That's for sure. Um, but they thought that that was part of their games of chance. And so whether or not that was the first set of games of chance that came along, there was always something. There was always some form of, of mumbly peg where they would throw these sticks out and, and the way they would land would determine whether you won or not. And back in ancient Greece, and uh, besides ancient Greece, in Egypt, they had games also. So Games dated very far back. We created them and we created them for enjoyment and we mostly created them because otherwise there was no other kinds of games of chance on the planet because everything was in total order. Yes, they had running and dashes and sprints and and challenges that... They just kept setting up time after time after time, history after history. So all throughout all the time periods and eras out there, there was some form of game of chance. And so we come into modern times today with those understandings. And then we build the concept of luck based on those games of chance. Well, one person seemed to be able to do better than another person so much of the time. Oh, well, he's got more luck than me. You know, I'm just an unlucky person. And so today, those concepts even have splashed over. And that's the whole reason why gambling was uh, created. Uh, games of chance became ways of even making money. People would bet on things. Um, and each time they saw that they could profit from a game of chance, there would be more games created. Games even as dog races and horse races, right? And all the gambling over in Las Vegas. Then they wound up building a city. And of course, those Italian guys, and you know, I'm from the Italian heritage, so I know a little bit to do about those groups that you may not be so much on the up and up, you know, mafia. And they were the ones um, that uh, created and opened up the first casinos out in Las Vegas for the intent of making money. Now, here is the thing about games of chance. Most things are based on odds, the odds that something is going to happen. A matter of fact, your underwriters of all insurance companies, they base the cost of insurance on the odds of somebody getting into an accident or not getting into an accident. Um, even health insurance, life insurance is based on those odds. And remember, those are all odds that are just not natural because we can all break any of those odds. It's all odds that we created. We're the ones that decided to measure things in that way. What is a chance of an 85-year-old having a heart attack versus a 20-year-old? Well, quite honestly, today, statistics are all over the place, but 
the probability that an 85-year-old at that age is going to have a heart attack is much higher than the probability of a 20-year-old having a heart attack. Well, probability has nothing to do with chance, and it has nothing to do with luck. It has to do with biology, right? So there is a greater biological um, and scientific reason to why an 85-year-old may have a heart attack sooner than a 20-year-old. But that has nothing to do with luck or chance. And so we wind up as humans connecting all of those things to the same thing. Well, you know, so if a 20-year-old has a heart attack, somebody can turn around and say, oh my gosh, how unlucky that kid is for having a heart attack at 20 rather than just it's the genetics and something that was wrong biologically with his systems had nothing to do with luck whatsoever. But we wind up attributing so much of our lives to luck, even in the spiritual realm. We'll turn around and we'll say, oh, that person is so... Uh, such a great, better uh, manifested than I am. He's so lucky. She's so lucky she can manifest like that. I can't manifest like that. So we're constantly using that word in our vocabulary. And what it really does is it goes against the naturalness of who we really are. We are manifesting beings and we manifest our own luck. We create it and we create it based on our inner core beliefs. That's what we really need to understand. On the other side of the hour, I'm definitely going to be talking about how to increase your so-called luck then. So, and, uh, and by the way, the only way that Las Vegas can uh, make money on gambling and on games of chance is because even having created games of chance, there are odds, odds that work in the favor of the casinos, okay? And the way they created it, okay? For example, you have dice and you have craps as a game right? Then you got the craps table and somebody comes along and rolls two die, right? And if at first they get a seven or 11, you win, you win money if that's what you bet. And if you don't have a seven or 11 and you get another number, an eight, a nine or a six, you have to keep rolling until you either get that number again and then you win or you get a seven and you lose, Okay, well, why did they set it up that way? Well, if you look at the dice, okay, and if you look at all the sides, there are more ways of creating the number seven than there are creating any of the other numbers. Okay, so yes, they may have to pay out more at some time because there are more ways of getting a seven, therefore. Every time a person rolls the dice, they have a good chance of getting the seven because of the numbers on there. But then again, after they get a number that's not a seven and you have to try to get that again to win, there is also more of a chance that they'll get a seven again before they'll get the number again. 
And that's why it works in their favor. And they set it up that way. So it's still not by luck or chance. It's, it's specifically set up to work that way. It's specifically set up um, to work the different ways. Okay, so now you have horse racing. And is it based on luck that one horse wins over another? No, it's not. Those, those advert... Uh, racetrack attendees and gamblers, man, they study those horses and those jockeys upside down and inside out. I mean, they know how many races they had, how many times they won the races, how fast they are, any injuries, any illnesses. That's not about chance. That's actually studying the the order of things because looking at the order and the natural things that go along with that animal, there's going to be certain outcomes, for sure. If the animal has gotten hurt in the past, that could be that the leg on the horse is not as strong, may slow the horse down. You know, what spooks out the horse? If another horse comes too close next to it, does that spook out the horse? Those aren't things by chance. None of that is, right? But again, we sit there and we go, let's see if I'm lucky enough to be able to to make money off of this. I remember one horse gambling time in my life that stuck out like a sore thumb. It was during our senior prom and um, with my friends, a couple of friends, um, along with my current wife, we went to Belmont Raceway in New York where we lived. And we had a history teacher who was a, um, um, a horse better, and he gave us a tip. And he said, you want to, in the seventh race, don't worry about any other race, but in the seventh race, you want to bet as much as you can on this horse, and you can pay for your entire weekend. Well, you know, being young kids at 18 years old, we were figuring we can do gambling all all day long there and make $2 here. That was a big pot for us, you know, bet $2, $4 maybe. And so we were betting $2 here and there on all the beginning races, and we didn't do very much at all. But came to the last race, all right, there was this one horse that he told us to bet on, and we didn't have very much money left. And by then, our dates were saying, you better not bet anymore, you're going to lose your, your shirt. Well, we bet anyway, and on the other side of the hour, when we come back, I'll tell you what happened, and I'll tell you that was one of the most famous races I had ever bet on in my life. But let's talk about luck again, and let's talk about your issues with luck. So give a call. We'll see you in just a little bit. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation. 
or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Reverend Blair Tabor from Unity San Diego, taken from a talk called Sacred Service, The Ultimate Spiritual Growth. Who we are and who we perceive ourselves to be as human beings is just such a small part of who we are as spiritual beings. You remember the phrase that I like, you know, Emily Cady says, God did not make you to be spiritual pygmies, but spiritual giants. You know, and do we live as if we're spiritual giants? No, we don't. We live, we live as if we're you know, weak human beings. You know, we're spiritual giants. We need to live that way in our lives. So we have to let go of the ego. It's a challenge because we spent so much energy and focus on, on our ego on dressing a certain way and talking a certain way and looking a certain way and, and lining ourselves in certain ways to, to uphold that ego identity. But as we're willing to let that go, let it be permeable to spirit, then what we find is we're connected to that infinite oneness that is God. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Know Yourself as Divine. Stations of the Cosmic Christ, a new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus, introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Join Travel with Unity 2020 for a transformational trip to Rome and the Amalfi Coast, March 26th to April 4th, and explore the culture, myths, and spiritual significance of Southern Italy. You'll experience the history of the ancient ruins of Pompeii, visit the Vatican, and spend time on the beautiful Amalfi Coast during this 10-day tour. Just 40 seats are available and space is limited, so reserve your trip before September 15th. Go to unity.org travel for more information today. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. In evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Okay, boy, the time goes by awfully fast. And um, it just wanted to let you know right after me is Dr. Dream with Kelly Walden Sullivan. You don't want to miss that show. Or Temple Hayes always has something special to be able to uh, present to us on Unity Radio. And today at 3 o'clock Central Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time, you definitely want to listen to the Diane Ray show because she is going to have special guest Alan Cohen on. And if anybody in our industry knows anything about life coaching, um, Alan is um, an unbelievable luminary in the field. Uh, with all the information that he has put out there, certainly has helped me a lot. So you want to listen to that show today. 
So back, I was telling you about the story of our prom weekend, and there was three couples at Belmont Raceway, and us guys, the girls didn't do any betting. They left it for the guys to do the betting. And even though we were instructed to save all our money and put it on the last race, the seventh race, we were betting all day long and losing all day long. But now it comes time for the seventh race, and the girls are telling us, you better not make any more bets because you're not going to have any money for the rest of the weekend. And so we go, okay, okay, okay. And we go off, and actually all we had left to bet is about $2 each. So that's the minimum bet that you can place on a horse to win, which is what we did. We placed it on the horse to win. And we come back to our seats, and the girls are like, what did you do? What did you do? said, well... Quite honestly, we took all the money we had and we all placed it on this horse to win. Are you crazy? The girls were going nuts. They were so upset with us. No, no, no. Don't worry about it, ladies. And so the horse race begins, right? And it's very exciting. And the girls are nervous. Oh, my gosh, they're going to lose everything. They didn't have any idea how much we had left to be able to bet. And they're all excited and upset. And and we're like, oh, my God, you got to win. Go do something. This would be. And we really didn't think we had a chance because we didn't think we were lucky enough to win and all of a sudden the horse we bet on came way ahead and won and the girls are screaming all over the place oh my god you won you won how much did you bet on it and each of us turned around crying hysterically the guy saying we only bet two dollars on the horse because that's all we had and that was secretariat's last race at belmont raceway before she went on to the bigger races. Yes, it was Secretariat at the time that wasn't totally known except by our history teacher, and we will always remember the dumbest bet we made for $2 on Secretariat. And so we walked away at that time thinking, how unlucky can you get? But that story I actually shared with you to prove a point, okay? We were guided into betting all of the money we were going to take. Each of us had a budget that we took with us, a certain amount of money that we were planning on using for refreshments and using for betting to have fun. We took that money with us, right? And we were guided as to what to do with that money by an adult, somebody who knew more than us. But we didn't listen to that guidance. And so we made our own luck, or shall you have it, misfortune by not listening and betting and using most of the money on other frivolous bets that we had no idea what we were betting on, just looking at the numbers there, right? So was that our misfortune and unluckiness, or was it because we didn't listen to our guidance? So even then, you're creating your own luck. And here's the same thing when you go to Las Vegas. When you go to Las Vegas and you're sitting there at the tables or the slot machines and you're losing and you're losing and you're losing and you keep sitting there and you keep putting the money down and keep losing it, is that because you're 
misfortunate, you're unlucky that you're losing it? Or could it be that you're obstinate and you want so desperately to win something that you're going to keep betting until you do? Or better yet, better yet, you're sitting there and you're winning and you're winning and you go to the craps table and you're winning and you go to blackjack and you're winning and you go to all the weird new poker games they have there holy cow every time i go there's a new game created i have no idea everything is asian and and caribbean and holy cow you know of what you can bet on and maybe you win at those two and instead of stopping at any given time that you have won you keep betting until you lose and lose more and lose more so is that being unlucky or is that being completely foolish because you wanted to win more than that that reminds me of another story of a uh, a distant cousin a cousin through marriage on on my mother's side of the family Uh, We recall the story that he got married and their honeymoon, they went to Las Vegas. And in the process of them being in Las Vegas one night, now he was a high roller, a big gambler. So in other words, he didn't put down, he didn't go to the $2 minimum table or the $5 minimum table. And that was back in those days. And now it's basically $10 or $25 or even $50 minimum table, right? Wherever you go and you bet. So he was betting, he was putting down quite a lot of money at a time. And the man won $25,000 in one night on their, their honeymoon. Now, he was advised by the cashier, would you like me to wire that money back into your savings account somewhere? And he said, no, give it to me in bills. He wanted cash. And he went up to their honeymoon suite. And when he got in, his wife had come back to the room earlier than him. And he comes into the room and he takes the cash and he throws it in the air on the bed. And she's screaming and he's excited. Well, why not? They had $25,000. And so that morning, the next morning, next morning, They went down and his wife was like, let's get this money in the bank. And he said, no, 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 no. Let's just, you know, let's just play a little bit longer. If I won 25,000, maybe I can win more. Well, I think you know already what the ending of that story is and you're not even psychic. Yes, he lost every penny of it and more because he didn't stop. So here's the other thing about so-called luck. Even when you seemed to be gaining and ahead of the game, you can balance out and then be behind, be back where you started from. And if not, even worse than that, if you keep going, if you keep pushing this concept of luck, you will get to the other side of it to unluck, unluckiness, misfortune. It happens in the stock market. It happens with every single thing that we created about luck. Yes, 
Can you win something because we created that? Can you win the lottery? Absolutely. Can you also lose a lot of that money too in your life? Absolutely. And the reason why that happens is, first of all, the obvious is we don't always listen to guidance. That's for sure. But then the other part is in a world of order, everything balances out eventually eventually it will. Aren't those the principles that we come to understand about everything here? Those with money someday will not have money. Those without money someday will have money. Um, the world is meant to balance out. There is nobody meant to get to heaven faster than somebody else. There is nobody meant to evolve quicker than somebody else. We're all going to get there sometime or another. It may take a few lifetimes for that to happen, but we'll be back there eventually together, having achieved all we needed to achieve and growing and becoming that, that spiritual being that we're meant to be, that soul we're meant to be. And then from there, we'll keep growing even more and more and more and more. But it was created to balance out. It was created to be in harmony. So... When you look at your life now, look at it as a life of self-creation, not of chance and luck. Even, even having the parents you have and the past that you have, I am not going to sit here for anybody and tell you that I was a misfortunate, unlucky child growing up in the situation that I grew up in. Because some way, somehow, I chose those parents. I chose some part of the situation, if not all of the situation. And yes, did I get tormented in my youth? Absolutely. And like I said, that could have been part of something that I had chosen. However, even if it wasn't what I chose, and even if because my family went off track and off path and I received the brunt end of that, then I can balance that out once I become an adult and I can do more for myself and use that past as I have already and and grow into the being that I want to become. So even go beyond balancing it, even put it more in my favor. You have the ability to be able to do that. So nothing is by, by chance and nothing is random because if that was so, if that was true, then we have no chance of controlling any aspect of our lives, any aspect of our spiritual growth at all. We wouldn't be able to control it. We'd be a victim to everything. And we know here, we have learned time and time again, that there is no such thing as victimization. We need to get away from the victim mentality. If, if, we want to use that word, then we need to use it the, the correct way. And the correct way is you are victim to your own beliefs. And if you can control your beliefs, then you don't even have to be a victim to yourself. You can be the, the growth and evolution of yourself, your thoughts, your belief systems. Luck has nothing to do with it. You can look at the most downtrodden person and be able to see and justify 
every single reason why that person is downtrodden and it has nothing to do with the person's luck. Luck of life, luck of the draw, luck of the job. Oh, well, he was never fortunate enough to get the job he wanted. Untrue. Um, he, he, he lost. He always worked for a company that kept falling apart. Untrue. He manifested and drew that to him. And, and on and on and on with every single excuse that we can rationalize and intellectualize, we have to understand where the manifest is of our destiny, of our past, present, and the future. So, so here's the thing then. Then, like I said, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. He was a patron saint helped to, to um, free a lot of, of the, the Catholics in Ireland. And it's such a wonderful history on St. Patrick. Read about him. But it had nothing to do with his luck, right? It was just folktale that was added to uh, the beauty of Ireland and its land and its history. And they just expanded upon it, just like we expand upon uh, folklore and folktales in all cultures. Everybody has that. And so we can either grasp onto the concepts that we're the ones who create all of that and create our own fortune and go from there and then have the luck of the Irish without carrying that four-leaf clover. Oh, yes, it was always rare. Matter of fact, for, for so much of my youth, I, I found a four-leaf clover, clover, and I actually laminated that four-leaf clover and put it in my pocket and then my wallet when I became an adult and carried it with me any, everywhere because I was going to get the luck of the Irish and be able to get cast in all the movies and television shows and musical theater shows that I went out for. And it was I was basing it all on luck. Well, that led to a brick wall. Oh, it wasn't based on luck. Nothing ever is. But it not it fun to think that it is? So here is what I want you to do. If, if in fact, you still like the idea. And a lot of people hold on to things because they like the idea of it. Oh, and by the way, the old adage about carrying a rabbit's foot, this is like, how could that possibly be lucky? It wasn't lucky for the rabbit, that's for sure. That was an old joke and story from way back when, but people used to do that too. And they, and they have superstitions and rituals to help create better luck for themselves. This is what I want you to do, no matter what it is. Pick up even a stone, a crystal, whatever suits your desire, um, something you want to carry around, a little doll, a little toy, a little trinket. Doesn't make a difference what it is. Doesn't make a difference what it is. And I want you to hold that trinket in your hand. And I want you to look at it. And I want you to say to the trinket, I am putting the greatest part of me. You are connecting this item, this thing, whatever it is, this stone, let's say, is connected to me. And I empower it with all the good fortune and all the luck that there is for us to manifest in the world. And since we're unlimited beings Living in an unlimited world, I can put an unlimited amount of that creation and power right into this stone. And this stone will never 
be a separate part of me. And it will constantly remind me of my own unlimited ability. Every time I pick it up, every time I forget, every time I need a reminder of who I am, I'm going to pick this stone up and know that it is a complete inanimate object. And even though it has its own its own energetic vibration, that it has nothing to do with the power it has over me. Instead, it is reminding me of my power over everything in this universe. My unlimited potential to use source, to use the universe, to create all I want and manifest all I want. That is the energy I want you to put into that item. If it is so important for you to carry something, remind yourself of something, and that is normal. That's okay. We like those things. We're very tactile individuals. We like to feel things, hold things. You know, it's so funny because people do have lucky items, a lucky coin, um, a lucky trinket that they actually go with them to, to Las Vegas. I've seen I've seen so many of them where it's on the table right next to them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they empowered that coin versus empowering themselves. And then, of course, when they lose, they take the coin, they throw it away. So or throw it in the fountain or or, or tip the the uh, bartender with it or the barmaid that comes around with the free drinks. So. It's it's useless to them, but I want you to do it differently. I want you to empower yourself, but I want that then to be a reminder for you if that's what you need. I mean, isn't that the reason why we even wear certain pendants and necklaces that we wear, bracelets that we put on? We want we'll we'll have crystal bracelets that we wear to try to empower us. To, to bring out a, a force or a nature, um, an energy that is within us, when in fact we're empowering the bracelet. So anything that you wear, that you hold, that you have possession of, the necklace, the cross, the dependent, whether it be spiritual, religious, no matter what it is, all of those things were actually created not to take away our power, but to remind us of who we are, remind us of the luck we create for ourselves. That's what I want you to do. I want you to create your own luck. And I actually want you to try this over the next week or so. Come back and let me know how it's worked for you. Carry it everywhere with you and constantly use it as a reminder of who you are, because that's what we need more than anything else. We actually we don't need sources of good luck since we are our own luck. We need sources to remind us of that. And we need and and so that's why we have a unity radio is to help remind us of who we are, even though it seems like we're receiving new information. We're actually helping you wake up old information that's already inside of you by by what we're sharing with you. And that's why there's spiritual centers to help remind you. So everything and anything you can do to remind you of your unlimited powers and abilities and that you are an individualized expression of source of God and that you can tap into that force anytime you want to create all the luck you want, all the good chance and good fortune that you want. 
do it. Use whatever you need to use to help you with that. But always remember this. It is not the item. It is not the trinket. It is not whatever you carry around that is making it happen for you. It is you that's making it happen for you. It was always you. It was always you that decided to play a game or not play a game. It's you that decides the choice of jobs you want to choose. It's you that chooses and attracts the relationships to you. It's you that winds up even contracting the illnesses that you then can heal. And that reminds me, next week we're going to talk about healing. Why are you unhealthy? Why are you ill? Okay, there is so much affliction and disease among people these days, and it's become an actual uh, acceptance and uh, an acceptable condition of life. And you are not a victim to your health. So you have the power to prevent, to stop, to heal, to change all of these things. A matter of fact, there is a fantastic movie that was created. It's actually a documentary created by several of the luminaries we know today. Um, Dr. Darren Wiesman, Bruce Lipton, uh, Greg Braden, um, Michael Beckwith, and it's called Heal. Marianne Williamson, and it's on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, if you know a friend who has Netflix, watch the show Heal. Just simple as that. H-E-A-L. Heal. You don't want to miss that show. And and you don't have to be sick to be watching it. You, you can be well, and it helps you prevent it. I mean, my wife and I will watched it a couple of times already, and definitely we get out of practice with things and I want to get back into practice because I want my cells aligning and working together and constantly healing everything that may come along and even stop things from coming along. So uh, next week, we're going to be talking more about that. And actually, you can call in. Let's call in and do some medical intuitive stuff. Um, and readings. And any of you right now, if you have any questions or you need to read on something that you're you're thinking of, of deciding on and you, you feel you don't have the luck to make the right decision, call in. Call in. 816-251-3555. You can always call in with a question, even if it's not in relationship to what we're talking about. Somehow, some way, it will make sense. But just remember in the next few minutes that we have left here that you are the master of your luck and good fortune. You are the one that's capable of creating what you want. There is only, there are only a few laws of the universe that we just need to understand. And the law of attraction and the law of manifesting are, are together in that law. The law of grace, the law of mercy. Karma isn't even a real law. It's a principle, but we don't have to go through something karmically. We can choose to go through something. The law of mercy and grace actually can, can stop 
the principle of karma and make it unnecessary to go through. So um, we can talk more about that in future shows. But there is no law of luck, okay? And there's no law of chance. And there's no law of randomness. And there's no law of victimization. It's all a law about you, and you are the greatest law that there is out there, you and I and everyone listening, because all of the other laws were created out of us and for us. They were created instantaneously when we were created out of love. And the greatest law of all is that we are created in the image of source with all its prevailing abilities to create, to manifest. And yes, do we come down here on earth in a limited realm to experience something different? Yes, we do. But we can still use our unlimited nature and ability to make even this life on this limited world better and greater than what it is. And that's our purpose, to find out our greatness. So remember, believe in yourself, believe in your good fortune, and you will create the best luck of your life. I wish you all a very blessed rest of the week. And until next week... Believe in yourself before you can believe in anything else. Take care and God bless. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, Don't take your dreams lying down.